0: Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. Welcome to loopholes Hunt Talk Radio. Hey folks, Randy Newberg here with another episode of Leupold's Hunt Talk Radio. All right, it's the new year of 2022 and I can assure you that this podcast is going to put a smile on your face. I I want, I I know every year has its ups and downs, its points of friction and pain and, and whatever, but I'm specifically going out of my way to start 2022 by doing a podcast with a guy, Tim Hepworth, who him and his daughter, Ren, run the most enjoyable social media channel in all of the outdoors. And Tim is joining me, and we're going to talk about how he does this, what, what kind of his, his drill is for, for the way it happens, and whether it's you know meant to be that way, or just how life is. Uh, And I think you're going to find someone with a super positive outlook, someone who is focused on how do you get young people into the outdoors, make it a lasting part of their lives, and in the process create some of the most special memories you could ever have. And he is committed to wherever appropriate and wherever comfortable, sharing those experiences with us, and in some way, shape, or form, putting them on his Instagram channel, like I said, when appropriate and when he's comfortable with it, to the benefit of all of us. And I don't know if he'll let us do this, but uh, if if we don't put the the audio portion of some of the videos with Ren when the big buck got away, uh, at least do yourself a favor of go out there to Tim and Ren on Instagram and find those two videos. They, uh, You'll see them. I'm sure you saw them shared throughout the hunting world somewhere along the way because they are so funny and uh, so sweet, so genuine. Uh, but the bigger idea is how social media can be a positive force if done properly, how we can be a positive force in, in just... You know, making other people have a better day, giving them a reason to smile and sharing our outdoor experiences in a way that does that. So I think you'll enjoy this one. Uh, Tim and I have had the benefit now of sharing lots of lots of communication over the last couple of years. And we we've talked about doing a podcast and finally we're able to to connect and, and let it happen. So hope you enjoy it. Um, but we want to make sure that we talk about all the great folks, great companies that make this possible. Uh, Loopold Optics. Go to loopold.com, check out all their new stuff for 2022. Hope you'll consider them. Uh, They certainly are big supporters of the outdoors, hunting, shooting, conservation, public lands, access, all the things we love. Uh, Nosler Ammunition, Uh, both Nosler and Leupold are closely held family companies based in Oregon. Uh, Nosler's been producing bullets and components and now fully loaded ammunition for a long time. Uh, stuff that we use and I think if you go out to nodler.com and check them out, you probably are already familiar with them, but go there, see what they have to offer and uh, they now, if you live in the right place, you can buy some of their stuff online at nodler.com Mystery Ranch backpacks uh, backpacks we've been using uh, since long before we ever started these gigs Uh, company based right here in Bozeman, Montana Uh, just Work great for what we do. Um, supporters again of, of all the things we love, supporters of all the conservation groups. If you want to save 10% on your Mystery Ranch pack, I'm going to tell you how you do that. You go out to gohunt.com, go to their gear shop, and you put that in your cart. And when you check out with promo code RANDY, you're going to get 10% off that mystery ranch pack now the promo code doesn't work on the items that are on sale and i think there might be a couple just a very few other items that don't allow promo codes but the majority of the stuff you're going to buy if you want to save 10 percent on it go to gohunt.com go to their gear shop check out use promo code randy and they'll give you 10 percent off and then promo code randy will save you some money Where my buddy Corey Jacobson has his University of Elk Hunting course, go out there, use promo code Randy. I think he gives you 20 bucks off, and you're going to get more elk hunting information than you can consume in a year, probably in multiple years, and he's updating it regularly. Uh, Go out there. Again, promo code Randy. And then we have uh, the Go Hunt Insider. They just came out with all kinds of new features. Uh, they're updating their draw odds for 2022, strategy articles, filtering 2.0. Now they have a thing out there that is called Point Tracker, where it keeps track of your points, points for your family. There's a whole bunch of other stuff I wish I could tell you about, but I can't. And now with their new mapping stuff, they just came out with this terrain analysis tool that I've been working on them with for the last year. Oh, man. So you get all this in one place. Maps, mobile maps, desktop maps, gear shop, draw odds. All, you get it all. So go there. Use promo code Randy when you check out, when you sign up for the Insider, and they're going to give you a $50 of credit in their gear shop. So... Oh, and then if you are so inclined, uh, if you don't like paying for ads with your time or paying for content with your time by watching ads is a better way to say that. And if you don't like being part of the big uh, technology companies where you become the currency by which they do social media, by which they do algorithms and all the other stuff. Uh, we have our platform, Fresh Tracks Plus, which has all of our video content. It's some exclusive content. It's early release content, uh, live events, a whole lot of other things out there. Uh, I think we've got 13 seasons. We're working on the 14th season that's out there. So, And you can find that at freshtracks.tv, and you can watch it on any of your phones and we've also got apps for the four biggest smart TVs so anyhow appreciate you being here hope you're gonna have a happy new year in 2022 wish you nothing but complete smiles happiness prosperity good health mailbox full of tags times in the field with the ones you love and that 2022 is your best year ever so in our effort to try and make that happen. That's why we have Tim on the podcast with us. Here we go, folks, thanks for being here. Well, folks, I told you that today we were gonna have a guest who is the source of my daily smiles, my optimism, and my grounding for when I wanna confirm that the world is well. (laughs) <laughs> tim hepworth all the way from red deer alberta how are you doing tim
1: i'm great thank you thanks for having me on
0: yeah you uh you guys still freezing up there i looked it was really cold last week
1: yeah it's it's been pretty chilly we, we got a little bit of a break today and it looks like uh, maybe through the night but we're back to some cold temperatures again tomorrow so we're uh we're in the true canadian north <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so you're between uh calgary and edmonton
1: yeah virtually you could say we're pretty much right um right dead in the middle so i'm about um i actually live just just about five minutes north of red deer which is about the halfway mark uh, between the two big cities and um yeah that'd be pretty close to where we are although we don't spend a lot of time in edmonton we always end up going south in the province but that's uh that's where we're at kind of dead in the middle of the two.
0: Well. Wow. The, the reason, like I told people in the intro, that uh, I think Tim Epworth is such a great guy to have on this podcast is, one, you are so connected and have so much to offer about the outdoors. But if there's anybody who has used social media in a way that I think is 100% net positive, I, I, I could probably look at my own social media and say, yeah, I could do that better. I should do this or maybe change that. But when I go to the Tim and Wren Instagram page, I can't find anything that I think could be done any better.
1: <laughs> well, we, we appreciate you saying that. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe we, we always feel like we can, we can do better at times, but we've always kind of, you know, strive to be authentic and to just kind of, you know, show what, what the world can be like in the outdoor industry, especially with a, with a young child. And and just kind of, you know, do our best to encourage other parents to, to try to replicate that for their kids. Well,
0: you do a great job of it. And you have a real job, right? I mean, you, yeah, you've actually, got two I real jobs.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I work as a, as a primary care paramedic up here in Alberta. Um, so I, I carry that full-time schedule, which, um, you know, it's been a, that job in itself is a bit of a, has been a journey. I, I never thought I would even have done it as long as I've been doing it. Um, I'm coming up on 10 years and, I never thought I'd be in it that long. I thought it'd be a gateway to something else, but um somehow you just kind of you get in it and it's although it can be tough at times, it is still your passion and people has always been my passion, so I've kind of, you know, just stuck with it. Um and then secondary to that, in the summers I'm I'm also a, fly, uh, a full-time fly fishing guide. So, um on all my days off, I I pretty much spend down in Calgary, Alberta, um floating the boat River and, and getting the opportunity to to see people in a different light. So a pretty big contrast from, you know, people at their worst to seeing people and giving them a really good day on the water. And, um, it's really been, uh, that the, the fly fishing is, and guiding has been a huge grounding factor for, you know, for my life early. And, um, and giving me the, you know, that little bit of extra in your soul that you need to, to get through the other stuff. So yeah, it's uh, pretty special.
0: Well, I see there's a lot of days where it's you and ran or, you and your wife or you and a family member in the boat so Mm -hmm. you get some time to do that also it's not all all work is it
1: no no thankfully um you know that's what's kind of unique about well i guess we'll take it back to to the first job being a paramedic um i guess one of the reasons i probably have even done it as long as i have is because of my schedule so i work a 48 hour um period on so i'm go to work for two full days and then i have four days off um and so that creates a lot of time I mean, virtually, I've been able to be a stay-at-home dad, um, which I would would never give up for the world. It's cr- it's created so much time with Ren that you know I I don't take for granted because I know a lot of parents didn't ha- don't have that with their children. And although the job isn't always, you know, my favorite, the fact that it's given me that freedom of time with her and being able to just, you know, we can go on adventures whenever we want because we have the time off together. Um, and so that's a big factor of why I have continued to do that job. And then what that creates is in our, in the fly fishing industry here, our, our guide season is actually quite short. You know, we have a few really busy months, Mm -hmm. but then peripherally we have, you know, really good fishing on the outside and the shoulder seasons that people don't often book in. Um, that gives me a lot of time to still, you know, take rent. And even in the busy season there, I mean, I always make sure I take some, some days where it's just, you know, it's just me and her, it's me and her and, you know, some of my my closest friends are my, my, my guiding buddies and, and then my dad and my wife, all of them. And we just try to, you know, keep everybody involved and, and be able to get, get out. But it's been, it's been a little tough for Ren since I've, you know, I mean, she's always known me to be guiding, but you know, as she's got older, she's, I think gets a little, little bit more jealous every time I'm taking somebody else and not her, but she's understanding. <laughs> you,
0: you also do your share of hunting. I, I
1: do. Yeah. That's,
0: I I see that you're always walking the bird dogs with a shotgun in hand or yeah. you know, that probably anybody who has watched your video or Ren's video of the 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 buck that got away. <laughs> oh, I, yes. I I don't know how, how many millions of views do you think that's received?
1: Oh man, you know what it, it it just was, it just blew up so fast and in a weird way. Cause it was on Facebook, which is not normally where things really go crazy. But, yeah. um, I think within three days it had just over 12 million views. <laughs> um, and that was just on the original account that asked to repost it. So, you know, as it kind of get posted, I'm, there's gotta be upwards of 20 million people have seen that. Um, yeah. it's just, yeah, my, a little bit mind blowing to be honest.
0: Well, if you haven't seen it folks, go out to Tim and Ren their Instagram channel and scroll down and when you see Ren wearing this like my wife would yeah. have an, a, a true color of her coat. I'm going to say pinkish <laughs> purple. My wife would have a term yeah. like lavender or something.
1: Yeah, probably something lavenderish, yeah.
0: Yeah, and there's two of them there. Uh one is when the buck that got away, and she's just so dear, and her tears are coming down her eyes, and she's got a runny nose, and the big one got away, and it's like, <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, oh um, man, what happened, buddy?
2: We tried to get a deer, but we can't.
1: No, you ran away, didn't
2: he? Yep, but a big deer just ran away, and we can't get it. shot. <laughs> That's
1: okay, bud. <laughs> we'll you know, next time.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a. Uh, that day was, it was super special. And that's really, I think where her, I mean, she'd have been three at the time in that video. Um, uh-huh. and, and she really, I think that was the first time she kind of felt some disappointment or loss or, you know, when we go fishing, it's, it's a rare day. We don't catch something. Yeah. Whereas, you know, hunting, as we all know, is his, it isn't an everyday harvest type deal. Um, if you're truly doing it for the right reasons and enjoy the experience, there's a lot of hurt and pain, and I think so many people just could really identify with her feelings because although <laughs> we might not show it that way, we're in our hearts <laughs> we're crying, like we're we're just beat down, and you know it just the way that that turned out that day was, uh, yeah, we were just we were chasing a mealy buck, and that I had been drawn for that year, and for whatever reason, um, I had taken her way down to this river valley, which was was a bit of a nightmare, and probably more that I bit off a little bit more than I could chew, but. Mm-hmm. I had basically I had another hundred yards in my mind. I told myself I had to cover if I was going to take a, an ethical shot at this buck who was bedded down. And yeah. so I threw up, threw her up around my shoulders and I said, well, so the only way I'm going to get down this cliff is with you on my shoulders. And uh, so we headed, headed down and we got about 50 of those yards before that buck got up and ran away. And just <laughs> candidly, I grabbed the camera and was just like going to be like, How's it going, bud? Like, and she just was just distraught about it, and it was, yeah, it was, it was so funny. Like the whole experience of that day was was fun, but she was pretty broke up about the fact that the bucket ran away and we didn't even get a shot at it. And <laughs> it was, yeah, <laughs> oh, I
0: when we're out in the field, my crew will play it for me if they think yeah. I'm <laughs> stressing out or they think I'm maybe getting wore down at the end of the season, all of a sudden I'll hear Ren's voice and we'll just erupt in laughter. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that's so uh, awesome. It's, and then yeah, with, it's there's that. another video. It looks like it's almost later in that same day where you yeah. guys have to walk up. You said, hey, bub, we got to walk up out of this hill. And she has her hat down and says something <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, and we're going to go home before it gets dark. Yeah. Before it gets dark. Yeah.
1: Is that the same day? Yeah. It's the same day. Yeah. It's the same day. <laughs> we're, we're about halfway up the hill, like getting back out of the Canyon. And probably the most candid moment of, of that entire experience that I, I, I didn't capture Cause I was in the middle of pain trying to carry her up this steep section of the climb. And I, uh, <laughs> She started crying again, and I thought, oh, maybe she's cold or, or something. And I just said, what's what's wrong, bud? And she just said, she is just, just crying. She puts her, ha- like, both hands on both my cheeks because she's on my shoulders. And she just says this is just so hard for you, dad. And I was like, Oh man. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm dying, but <laughs> she just she was just so sympathetic to the fact that I had to carry it all the way up this cliff. And uh, it was, it was so funny. And she said, I'm just, this is so tough for you, dad. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs>
0: uh, oh man. Anybody who hasn't seen it, needs to go watch it or just <laughs> yeah. if, if you don't watch it at least once a week for your smiles to, to make you feel that life really <laughs> yeah. is great then you're not my
1: friend anymore yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah oh yeah no, I, I do i do it too i i find myself often scrolling back and yeah i don't know you know as i mean you've had a child so you get it too but as as they grow and you, it almost to to me it almost brings me fear it's like she's growing up too fast and yeah. I want to go back and relive those moments over and over. And that's something that's so special about the journey of our social media. It never started as it literally never started to even be a public account. It was just for my family and my friends to kind of see what we were up to and, really? and out and about. And then, and then we just realized how, you know, how impactful it could be for some people and people reaching out and asking questions about gear and advice and like how we do this and how we do that. How, like, cause I told myself, um, when we got pregnant, I, I mean, I had a lot of fear. I'd be honest. I, I didn't feel like I was ready to be a dad. I didn't know. I wasn't, I'm a very, I would have said I was very selfish at the time. Um, I don't want to give up the things I love to do. And so I told myself, you're not going to do that. So this is our journey of basically, you know, a father and and her daughter and, and wife and family. They're just like, you don't have to give up on your on your dreams and your passions just because you have a child. You just you have to just involve them, and they're going to love it as much as you do. So,
0: well, it's, you you you're doing it in a way that is so true, so sincere, and as someone who. Obviously, Instagram wasn't around in 1990 when Michael was born. <laughs> no, uh, I don't even think Al Gore had taken credit for inventing the internet at that time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not yet. Eh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just, I, I think that's part of why I and the people I know who follow what you do can relate to it because you are, you're telling the story about these special times that you never get back. Mm-hmm. You, you you can take your child fishing this week and make the most of it because you don't get to go back to next week. You don't get yeah. that time over again. It It's here, and you either take advantage of it or you don't. And you just, whether you guys are out bird hunting, playing with the dogs, whatever it is, for me, I just get this flood of memories of, Oh, that's what it was. That that's mm-hmm. what we did, and and uh, it's it's such a great, uh, I'll, I'll call it diversion or contrarian view or feeling you get compared to maybe some of the other Instagram channels people might watch where it's all you know, a lot of testosterone or (laughs) trophy shots or, you know, no one only posts a picture of a fish unless it's 35 inches long or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, I just, I enjoy it. And uh, I think that if people were to follow it, they'd learn a lot about how social media could be a positive influence. And it's interesting for me to learn that you didn't start out (laughs) <laughs> with a plan to do it no, of, of making no. it a public channel because it's it's a very popular channel that's for sure
1: yeah no it just did never the intention of that was never there um and to be honest i mean that even the conversation we're having about we we spoke a little earlier about how you know this social media you know we see a lot of negative and we see a lot of people that use it to you know even cause harm and the trolls and and this and that and it's like well at what point is it worth it? And, and I guess for us, I mean, me and my wife, we've had, we had a lot of discussions about it as the popularity grew because it's like how much of your life do you expose to people? Um, because it, I mean, I mean the fact of it is she's, she's a child and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to protect her above all else, but also understanding, you know, when it's, when it's good to, when it's good and helpful to post those things. Um, I think, she has handled, we'll, we'll call it the quote unquote fame a little bit. Um, she's handled it quite well because she doesn't even know, she doesn't, she doesn't understand the impact that she's had on people. Yeah. Um, but it's given her opportunities to meet some awesome people, you know, people who, you know, follow along or kids that we've, you know, they've connected to, Hey, can we get out with Ren for a day? And we, you know, we can make those things happen. And she's, um, you know, in our local circuit here, everybody knows her, but she's just a regular kid. She doesn't, She doesn't, I mean, there's no thought of, you know, ego or anything at this age. It's, it's, it's a very authentic type thing. Um, and I think we've always tried to portray, to portray things as they are. We're not here to, I mean, you can, anybody can get caught up in the, oh, I need the likes. I need the comments. I need the, this, that. Um, but the, the, the fun thing about having an account that has a little bit of popularity is you just get to curate it all the time it's like, I get a negative comment or something that I don't agree with, block, delete, it's gone. That person no no longer ever will see what I have to say. And that's how it should be because, you know, those haters are the, you know, there's a lot of anti-hunter, anti-fisher, people who have, you know, attacked us from all sides. And it's like, they're gone. Like, I don't, I don't give it a second thought because I know our, our values just don't align and I don't need everybody to see what we're doing. I want those who can be positively affected by what we do to see it and be encouraged by it. Not, not to, to get this massive fame and influencer status and all these sorts of things. It's like, that's not what we're, what we're about. And, um, you know, and even in the beginning when some of the popularity came in the fly, cause it's kind of had it in, in phases, right? We've had some videos that really blew up in the fly fishing industry and some that did really well, mm-hmm. you know, like the one we just spoke of in the hunting industry. And as those kind of things have happened, you know, we've had companies that reach out to us and, and things that want to use her as a as a brand label. Mm-hmm. Not not like and it's like that's not that's not what we're here for. We're absolutely it's created opportunities for her. She probably wouldn't have, and we are grateful for that. Um, we're not gonna exploit our child. That's something we're we're never gonna do. Um, we're thankful that it's it's created opportunities for her, as far as you know, like we said, some of the people she's got to meet. You know, lots of companies are 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 great about Hey, we don't need anything from you. We don't want anything from you. We just want you to try out our gear for her. We think this would be a great fit for her, or, or or whatever it might be. And so, a lot of our our help back to our 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 people is is that we get to try some gear, we get to do things and see how um, they're effective for her as a as a child, um, and then get to pass that information along um, with you know with the no strings attached kind of thing. Um, but it's a it's a tough thing to navigate as a parent because you don't really know what to give and what to take you know like it's an interesting thing
0: yeah well you you touch on something there that is the same way that i i say i operate my social media channels i don't really operate them i'm such a, a luddite non-technology person that <laughs> i have a firm in minnesota that handles my facebook and instagram nice. but <laughs> I, I, I spend two hours a day i block it out as part of my calendar interacting with people on our platforms, whether it's, I have a big forum called Hunt Talk, it might be mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook. I probably spend the least amount of time on Facebook just because it's the place where everybody goes to try st- tell what the world around at. yeah let me tell you how bad of a day i can have oh well well, just hold my beer and listen to this you know i've got i had a worse day than you do so that's why i spend so little time on facebook on instagram i spend a lot more time i don't know how to post a story I do know my crew has taught me how to post a picture and, and well, put something on there if I want to. That's so a good, that's a little bit of progress.
1: That's progress. Yeah.
0: That's good. <laughs> but I do know how to your point, I do know how to block and delete people. Yeah. And you said something that is so apparent in the tone and style of your Instagram channel. And that is, we're here to be positive and have a good time. And, and That's exactly what I do. I get a lot of messages. Oh, you blocked me. Well, you know what? If you want to show up and convert every comment, every discussion from something we're trying to celebrate or talk about or, you know, beautiful this or whatever, and you want to make it political or you want to make it a bad day, guess what? People have enough negativity in their life.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: see you later (laughs) people aren't coming to my channels to have to deal with that they 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 got enough (laughs) of it at work or at home whatever it is they come to my channels i think to get away from all that so i i'm like you i i used to have this hesitation of it but it's like nope see you later and i'll bump into people who are like i can't believe you banned me I don't know. I don't know. So do even know who you are. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you got banned, it's because you were being a jerk or you wanted to make everything a political discussion. And I don't care which side or the other. If you want to make these topics
1: political, see you later. Yeah. So, we're gone. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that mentality. It's It's just the way that our, I mean, especially I would say in the last two years with all the things that have been going on in our world, it's, I think the saddest part about it all is that we've all been just turned on each other. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, husbands and wives marriages are over. Friendships are over. All these things are over because people forget how to be respectful. Um, We don't have to agree, but we should be able to have a conversation and disagree and move forward. And, or just not have to make everything, especially in the social media platforms, just don't have to make it political. And I know you follow us closely. So, you know, I've never said a word political when it comes to anything. Because it's not, it's not the place for it. I'm not going to, do I have my opinions? A hundred percent, but that's not the place to show them. Like just, it's yeah. just not the place for it. No.
0: Well, I, I think social media and I think our world would be a great place if everybody interacted and behaved like they were in a drift boat yeah. drifting down the <laughs> Bow river with Tim. <laughs> Heck Yeah. <laughs> how would you communicate then would you see the world as a terrible place or would you see the world as you know what it's pretty darn good in spite of its challenges
1: it's pretty awesome make the best of it
0: i would hope that that people think about that a little more i'm I'm almost on a little bit of a a crusade towards that end uh and that's part of why i've been treating facebook as such a an offbeat brand it's like I, I don't even want to go there. I don't want to share my content there. I, no. It's, it's a necessary evil in what we do. You know, I, I purposefully, in any of our sponsor agreements, I have nothing in any agreement that forces me to have to post anything on social media.
1: It's oh, like, that's, that's good because <laughs> no that's, that's, a hard place to put yourself. Cause you, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I've, I've noticed a lot in the, in, again, in the last two years is that you have to shop politically. And what I mean by that is you're forced to choose who you buy your stuff from based on what they show as their political belief, because do they align <laughs> with what you're saying or not? And that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I shouldn't have to choose who I choose based upon what their opinion on what's going on in the world is yeah
0: it's I, it makes it tough, yeah so for us it's if my social media channels went away i would just be like Phew, that's less work I gotta do, yeah <laughs> I focus more yeah. on other things, but exactly. you and a few others are these places where I go to see how it can be a positive force, how it can be something used in a in a way that I think if the story you're telling. About the outdoors, the story you're telling about raising a family, about the sacrifices or the accommodations, whatever you want to call it. Because <laughs> a- anyone who has raised kids who had an active outdoor life has had those days of, oh man, all my buddies want to go feather hunt this weekend, <laughs> yeah. but I promised Matthew that I'd take him, da-da-da, and... Mm-hmm. You, you, how you handle that, how you do that, and I now have the benefit of looking in the rearview mirror and saying, you know what, those investments I made, those investments of time and and attention, the the they're the best investments I could have ever made in my life. Hundred percent. Uh, yeah. I, I just You're never going to regret it, that. No. Yeah. In, in what you guys do. So you got how many dogs do you guys have, Tim?
1: Well, currently we have two. We just picked up uh, a new one. Well, I guess I got home. I picked him up down in the States on the 22nd. I got home on the 23rd. So yeah, he's pretty, pretty fresh to us. Um, so he's a, he's a Brittany Spaniel and we have a German shorthair who will be eight, year, eight years old here in about five days. So huh. we got the two pooches.
0: Well, my wife and I, we had our son and then we were never able to get that second child. So we ended up with three dogs. So be careful. If you, if you get to that third dog, you know, you, oh, you might say, well, this was enough. We got three dogs. So
1: that'll, that'll suffice. But, uh, oh yeah. No I, dog, the dogs are, it's, it's a, I mean, we've really enjoyed the last you know week and a half with Ren getting to be involved in the puppy stage. Cause she, with our right. other dogs, she never, she never knew that they kind of were already around. So it's been good responsibility for her, you know, you know, trying to potty train and all these things that she actually can be involved in now where it's uh it's been good we're excited it's it's been a little bit of time coming i think to, to get another pup after we lost our last one and um we decided to go the route to get another another hunting pup <clears throat> and we're just yeah we're excited to see how he does and well and all, be, all that
0: be careful because one of them might live to be almost 18 like my wife Akapu yeah. did
1: oh really that is so long oh man
0: yeah so on january 20th will have so of this year in like three weeks we'll be a year without any dogs so the two labs passed oh. away in 2000 i think 10 and 2012 something like that yeah. and then this little cockapoo lived to be almost 18
1: oh man that so, is wild
0: yeah. So you have dogs as part of your life for so long that, they, as you know, they're, they're as close to being a family member as anything can be. A hundred percent they are. Yeah. And Kim, my wife cannot distinguish the level of care and attention that a that a dog should receive versus what a child should receive.
1: <laughs> cause, <laughs> cause they're the same. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And so now she's telling me she's getting two dogs in
1: 2022. Oh, good for her. Good it, for her.
0: Yeah. Cause <laughs> this has been our first year without, without having a dog in our
1: marriage. It's oh, like, That's got to feel weird. Hey, like, cause it's just oh, always, always yeah. there.
0: It, it is. It, it's so weird. And then, you think about how kids—they—I'm I, I, a firm believer that kids benefit from having a dog or pets around because oh, there's definitely. some responsibility issues. There's learning. You know what? Sometimes there's things in life you just can't control. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's gonna there's gonna be frustrations. You're trying to get that dog to do this. Guess what? They got a mind of their own just (laughs) you're gonna have the same problem when when you have a teenager so get
1: (laughs) Get ready for Uh, it is what you're saying (laughs) yeah and there's just
0: i i think there's so much value in, in having pets around that I, I know I miss it and so we live vicariously anytime I see a someone with a dog I walk up to them can I pet your dog I've been without a dog for a year now and <laughs> oh, man. they probably look at me like what kind of weirdo is <laughs> what this, weird
1: guy is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so but, what do you what are you thinking as far as breeds that you're gonna get for the next couple dogs
0: you know I I'm gonna leave it up to Kim and yeah. she loves because I'm on the road a lot she loves having dogs in the house and the two labs we had hated being in the house it was just too hot for oh, them yeah. too many rules so we built this big 20 by 25 outdoor kennel that's attached to our shop and then, then there's a dog door they could go in the shop and they had a 12 by 12 kennel in there with their sleeping pads and everything was you know warm and stuff and yeah so I I'd love to have hunting dogs again, but with the amount of of traveling that I do, I have to subscribe to the theory that you don't need there. There's a couple things in life, hunting dogs and boats where you don't need <laughs> one. If you have a friend who has one, <laughs> so true. I've never heard that, but that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, oh, yeah. in fact, we're going duck hunting tomorrow and oh, awesome. uh, we're going with a friend. He, he's got a dog and, uh, Matthew's back home right now. And we, we always try to go and, I can tell he misses. He, we had our one black lab, Merle, Matthew. I think we got him when Matthew was 10. Mm-hmm. And he trained him. He, he did everything. And so he really got into bird hunting at that time because he enjoyed watching his dog work as much as yeah. he enjoyed shooting anything. So you know, that's,
1: that's bird hunting in a nutshell for, for us. It's like I, I wouldn't have to pull the trigger. I just love to, to watch a working dog do what they literally just live to do it's so yeah. special what, yeah. what kind of upland birds are you guys hunting up there sharp tails uh we do have sharp tails although right where we're at we'd have to travel a little east to get to them um okay we do have some wild pheasants still in alberta but mm-hmm. a lot of our pheasant hunting is done off of like government release sites so they basically raise birds to release them during the hunting season um gotcha. and then you can you can go hunt them on these release sites um, but kind of our natural birds that are still doing quite well, we have a lot of Hungarian partridge or gray partridge, i going to call them, uh, yep. lots of rough, rough grouse, spruce grouse. Ooh, um, rough yeah, grouse. which are, those are like my favorite. Yeah. I, I, they're, they're a little bit more of a difficult bird to hunt with a dog just cause they're a pretty flighty bird. And often mm-hmm. in our areas, they're, they're stuck more in the, in the bush than they are out in the fringe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're a good hunt anyways. You gotta be a little quicker on your shot, but. Um, and then, yeah, besides that, we don't have a ton of other upland birds. Um, like I said, we do have, um, some other grouse, but they, we got to travel a little bit for them, but then mm-hmm. we do a lot, um, at least with my GSP, he's, he's big. He ended up being about 75 pounds, which, you know, when a normal one's 55, so he, <laughs> yeah. he's super tall, the shoulder, big head, big mouth. So we, we actually have trained him to do waterfowl. Um, and okay. that's one of, that's one of the funnest kind of hunts to do with him. Although he doesn't get as much exercise as he probably likes. It's. Uh, watching him take down a, a wounded bird or, or go out and retrieve multiple times is, is a really fun, fun thing to watch, and he's kind of come to his own in that too. So we get to do that, but I doubt the little Brittany is going to be big enough to stick a goose in his mouth, but he might be, <laughs> might be able to grab a duck, but <laughs> probably not the yeah. geese we have around here. Well, the but. one of the first retrieves my chocolate female
0: ever went after her first year; she was maybe fifty-five, sixty pounds, if that was yeah. a wounded goose and that goose, <laughs> she's trying to swim to shore and that thing is just beating the crap her up. Her. <laughs> she, she
1: brought, brought it up.
0: over but after that man you really had to coax her to go <laughs> you after had to go goose. do that again yeah. now if you'd lined her out and pointed her on a duck she'd swim three miles across the lake if she could see it yeah but those big
1: gray goose looking things. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> they got big beaks and they poke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was very similar to, to our GSP Harper. His first, his first goose retrieve was a wounded one. And the thing was sitting there and he ran up to it and just picked it up. And it started pecking him in the ribs as he was running back to me across the field. And, he just dropped it, and you could see him. Just took him in, and he looked at it. And he's like, "Hey, which end of this thing is hurting me?" He just ran up there and grabbed <laughs> it by the head, and just crunched, and just like <laughs> sh- shook its head back and forth. Picked it up, and brought it back. I was like, "Yep, there you go. <laughs> Figure which part uh, was hurting." Me. <laughs>
0: huh. So, did you grow up in a hunting and fishing family?
1: Very much so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm very, you know, and that's a lot of people refer to, you know, kind of what me and Ren are doing as being this super abnormal thing in the world today, and not that I disagree with that. I think it is becoming, um, less normal now, but th- it's how I was raised. Um, I'm the youngest of nine kids. My, my family's quite large and mm-hmm. all of us hunted and fish growing up and, and not, not just cause we like doing it. It was literally our survival. Um, yep. my dad was a pastor for a good chunk of my growing up. And then even after that, you know, he kind of ran his own business, but we, uh, we lived off the, you know, we lived off our garden. We lived off our the game that we were able to harvest in a year and that was just a way of life for us. So, I mean, although it was um, out of necessity, it was also out of enjoyment. That was our recreation was hunting and fishing. And, you know, the fall yeah. was was great because we were bow hunting and then rifle hunting. And then, you know, all summer you could do fish and harvest fish and then ice fishing kind of the same. You know, we got to always try to keep the freezer full, which is a real lost art, I think, these days is we're becoming a rare breed and that, you know, we do live off the land for the most part. And, you know, I think those are just incredible things you have to pass along to your kids. And that's something that I have really um, strove to or strive to do with Ren. is, yeah, we got, you know, we live in town, but we have a big yard and we've kind of repurposed it into a garden. And it's important for her to see how, where her food comes from and, you know, to be involved in not just the fact that she loves hunting and loves fishing, but, you know, seeing where food is actually coming from and harvested from. And I have nothing against Eaten stuff that isn't harvested by myself, but, um, it's just, there's a connection to your food when you do it yourself. Um, right down to, you know, how did that animal die? Was it a, was it a clean death? Was it not? And getting to experience, you know, both sides of that. And that's been, um, that's actually a, a tough one for a kid, I think. Yeah. And I put a lot of hesitation in that as I, you know, kind of brought rent up is, you know, when is too soon? When is, you know, how do you show death? How do you, you know, try to portray that? And I think for her, it's almost just a normalization thing because she was really involved in it at such a young age. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even a couple of years ago, she, you know, gotten it. I was kind of the first time I had a full hunt with her where, you know, we stalked and I had a mealy doe draw that year. And we, we stalked it on this group of does and we, you know, we shot the doe and she went down right in front of us. And she was in there, you know, got to help me gut it and was, you know, holding the heart and was just very, you know, but using using that as a as a, a learning experience, not just of what death looks like, but you know, me and my wife both work in the medical field, so we get to go through and hey, this is the heart, this is the lungs, this is, you know, this is what what these things function for in an animal that are very similar to us, and getting to just don't waste those opportunities that that come. And does it mean that there's not some sadness around death and, and animals and and whatnot? It's like, of course there is. Every Every animal you shoot, if you don't feel something, you, it's probably time to, to put the gun up or the bow yep. away. Um, it, it should strive to inhibit some emotion out of you. Um, but for for her, and, I, and I've watched her, her experience that, and that's been good for me to see because, you know, death is not an easy conversation and, and it's a hard thing to navigate sometimes because how do you translate that from the field to, to life? Yep. And i don't know i mean that's (laughs) we haven't had to to deal with a ton of loss in our life as far as you know like family members passing away or things like that but Mm -hmm. it's uh it's just a, a moving target but if you can show your 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 kids i think those skills of how to you know even in their their um cognitive development how they can really you know understand some things that other kids won't and and so many people who meet ren say that you know she has her vocabulary, her understanding, her, you know, she's very um extroverted like those things are just a, a simple byproduct of how she's been raised. She's been around a lot of adults because they're my friends. Um she would probably would rather hang out with you than one of her buddies from school because she <laughs> she fits in better with the people that have like minded things and for her at school there's nobody who's into the things we're into. So she's yeah. kind of out on her own little island that way. Um, but yeah, it's it's, a, it's an interesting development as you as you raise a child because there's no I mean there's lots of handbooks but none of them make any sense or actually are effective. So.
0: <laughs> no, there's certainly at least if they came with an owner's manual, they didn't give me mine when we left yeah. the hospital no, that de- day. De- Definitely but not. <laughs> I I can relate to that because uh, you're talking about growing up where you know maybe it wasn't a complete subsistence lifestyle, but for me. I remember being five years old and my dad coming in with a little spike buck, white-tailed buck. And he, it was the, the whole deer, it had been gutted. And he plopped it down right on our kitchen table. Still had <laughs> yeah. the hooves. The tongue was sticking out as often happens when a deer expires. And yeah. here I am, five years old, and I'm eyeball to eyeball with this deer. And I, you know, you'd seen deer out in the, you know, someone's garden or run across the road or whatever, or the kid. Now I'm seeing this animal eyeball to eyeball. I'm touching it. Its eyeballs are now cold. It's got this bluish green look to it. And I'm just thinking to myself, uh, what's going on? This is still such a profound memory for me. Mm. And I didn't know what my dad was doing, but he gets out uh, or opens the deer up and he cuts the, what we'd call the tenderloins out and Mm. he hands them to my mom. And while he's processing that deer, she is cooking us tenderloins.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs)
0: And uh, so for me, that was such a, an easy equation of oh this is how we eat this this is where food comes from and yeah i didn't i wasn't there to see when he shot the deer so i didn't have that that difficulty of trying to reconcile these emotions that come with seeing a a sentient being being taken for your food Mm -hmm. but it certainly was a formative part of my life where oh this is where food comes from and there's a responsibility factor that comes with this there's all these other parts that come with it and i i think how few meals i had as a kid that wasn't something we'd hunted caught while fishing or picked as berries or a wild Mm -hmm. Item or traded for somebody like my dad was a logger. He didn't have a garden, but right. he trade somebody pole length firewood for you know a bunch of garden stuff. <laughs> and so right. it, yeah, I, I don't want to make it sound like if the crops failed we were going to starve that winter. But right. I, I I didn't really know what well when when we had chicken it was we went to his brother's place who lived about a hundred miles away and every August and September it was time to you know harvest the chickens for the chickens. The better yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. and my my job was to catch them and they had yeah. this big long wire on a pole catch them put them in a funnel upside down and someone else would come behind and you know the old saying like a chicken with his head cut off well that's mm, what that's, it became, someone, became. <laughs> someone would pluck them someone would take the guts out and that's, that's how we got chicken. I did not, until I moved away and became an adult, I didn't know you could go buy chicken cellophane <laughs> wrapped at
1: the grocery <laughs> store. Right. Well, <laughs> so, well I, you had a real experience then. You got to see, see from A to B how this was happening. Yeah. So <laughs> I,
0: I, But to your point, like you were saying, I wanted to make sure that my family that same responsibility factor, that same authentic understanding and connection was part mm-hmm. of what was understood of yeah. why we fished, why we hunted, why we did whatever. And I do think it has a an impact on how young people are able to process stuff, how they're able to reconcile things, a bigger picture understanding. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you have to do that to be to grow to be somebody who who's a, you know a, a well adjusted adult and i'm not going to say that's the only you know if you do that you're guaranteed to be a well adjusted adult mm-hmm. but for my family it was definitely in, and still is a huge part of of what connects us to yeah. to the to the land to the outdoors to the water to you name it like Last night, we had walleyes for dinner. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> two, two other times this week, we've had uh, antelope and, let's see, we've had antelope backstraps, moose backstraps, and then elk
1: burgers and walleyes. Oh, it's, a tough, it's a tough life, man.
2: <laughs> tough life. <No>. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but that, it's that's it's just so the
0: norm for me, and I would say for a lot of the people that I grew up with yeah uh it's kind of the norm not maybe i'm a little bit more carried (laughs) carried away than than (laughs) some of those but it's it's a part of who i am it's a part of the the culture within my family not just my immediate family and me and my wife and my son but my my siblings my cousins aunts uncles the communities i've i've lived in and yeah it's it's just really really important to me that 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 continues and
1: it, Oh, I agree. It's, it's, I mean, cause it is part of you and when you, when it's, I mean, it, it, that sounds like a something bigger than ourselves, but it's, I mean, it's true. I, I think that if you have, if you, if you're raised in it, if your kid's raised in it, you're giving them also the opportunity to, you know, when, when things are tough in their life and, and maybe they would, um, somebody else may choose something different. Maybe they choose alcohol, they choose, some other type of addiction. I mean, a lot of times we're referred to being addicted to fishing, addicted to the outdoors. It's like, it's not a lie. It's, it's, it's the truth. We, those of us with addictive personalities often kind of go overboard, but what it does give us is it gives us a positive outlet to go do that. Am I going to go persevere? Am I going to climb that mountain to get a chance at that sheep? Am I going to, you know, am I going to be able to hike up to that mountain lake to go catch that fish? I want to catch all these things are like teaching factors. And, and, you know, I mean, what could be, better than just having the experience of letting nature around you, you know, bring you solace and teach you. And I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that are, for me, have been taught and and learned in the silence of the outdoors. And it's, it's just, it's solace. And um, that's a big reason I turned strongly to to fishing, um, fly fishing when I did was because I went through some tough times with my career and my job. And I was you know, struggling with a little bit of depression, anxiety, just from the things I'd been seeing and the things I, I couldn't seem to reconcile. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, if I go stand in a river and cast a dry fly at rising trout, I don't think about anything else. <laughs> right, like That's it's very therapeutic. It's, it's it's exactly what it is. It's just therapy. You just you're not spending 150 an hour to sit in an office. You're spending a lot more than that to go stand in the creek. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> yeah, my wife did not grow up in an outdoor family. No, hey. And for her to observe how the outdoors and, and that life, how it influences me, how it balances me, she, she's very astute, very, so, so observant. And mm-hmm. she'll ask me things that I just did it because that's what I've been doing all my life without really giving it much thought. Right. And uh she'll say, you know, you feel like you're stressed out today. You should go for a hike up on the mountain. You, that, yeah. that seems, that seems to give you a lot of comfort. And I'm like, oh, really? I really am. I just go for a hike. Cause I go for a hike, not really yeah. thinking about what, what it does for me. And, So in some of the times when her and I have talked about that in a more, I don't know, philosophical is is the right term, but just where all that started in my life is my parents got divorced when I was 10. And in 1974, uh, coming from a divorced household was really a stigma. It it was not a a common thing. Mm -hmm. It was fair game for the kids on the playground at school to tease you about, and make you feel bad about. and so, for me, when I needed to go clear my head and find some sanity, if if a 10- or 12-year-old is looking for sanity, mm-hmm. I just always remembered that sitting on the banks of the Big Fork River, trying to catch a, a walleye or a smallmouth bass, or mm-hmm. walking along the river with my four ten or my twenty gauge and looking for what we call the partridge, i.e. a rough grouse. Yeah. Or whatever. At, things there made way more sense. I I could grasp that and and get some sense of well the world isn't completely insane. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and, There's some normalcy and, here.
0: It feels right. Yeah, and I mean I I don't think, you know, some some family counselor would say, Well, you know, you're looking at this weird, and I probably am. But regardless of the other aspects of my life, that at that time, the outdoors was this place that was just so comforting, so, mm-hmm. so normal that I've kept it a part of my life ever since then and i i I mean i lucked out my all my mom's side of the family my dad's side of the family they it was all about hunting and fishing so that was something i was brought into way before my parents got divorced but the first big upheaval in my life the place that kind of made it easier to cope and deal was when i was out hunting or fishing yeah my, my wife says that's that's my therapy and uh, <laughs> yeah. she she would agree a hundred percent with you tim when you said you know sometimes we say we're addicted to hunting or fishing
1: she'd say yeah yeah
0: i think that's his drug
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's our drug man yeah i know <laughs> it's no, there's worse, worse things to be addicted to so you just take it as a win
0: <laughs> yeah for sure well, <laughs> well where, where where do you see all this going for for you do you really have a plan to it do you or is it just continuing to follow the the line of hey i want to record this i want to tell the story that is that me and my wife are comfortable telling and Mm -hmm. it's going to go wherever it goes or do you have a plan for it
1: yeah i think that's kind of how you said it there is about as as much not that there hasn't been thought into it it's just that that's i think as far as we can really get in it as as far as a mindset is concerned um, I mean, Ren changes and grows and, and becomes a different person every day. And maybe in two years, she has no interest in being in the outdoors with me. I mean, that would absolutely Mm -hmm. break my heart, but I, and I doubt that that's going to be her choice, but it's always going to be her choice. And I'm going to be very led by her. If, if she becomes uncomfortable in some way, shape or form, then we just phase it out. Um, again, I don't see that being an issue, but it's just one of those things where you just, as a parent, we talked about this, you just kind of have to you gauge your comfortability in it. Um, I think at this point right now, we are making a difference. And And I don't want to say that in any type of cocky way at all. I just think that there is there, we get a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people that, you know, the messages we receive about, you know, parents who are like, I just, I just needed to see this to realize that I could take my kid with me to do this or this, or, you know, it challenged me to, you know, not be as selfish and, and, you know, take my kids to do the things that I love to do, regardless of whether it's fishing or hunting or whatever. It's like, those things are just so grounding for us and, and knowing that we are on the right path, um, that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. And we, we just want to be a light in the world right now. We, we know the world is a tough place to be, it seems. And if we can even shine just a little bit of light, give a little bit of comfort to one person, even just one person, we know that our, our mission is complete. It's always been our why. So yeah, if we can continue to help people through that process, if we can continue to help encourage more kids, especially little, little girls, I think it's definitely more common for boys to, to be brought Mm -hmm. up in the, in the dirt and the mud than, than the girls. Um, but if we can continue to show that it's possible, um, and how to do it, like, you know, giving, giving some people some strategies as to how, um, as to how to do it. Um, I think that's the best, the best thing we can do. Um, so, I think at this point, that's kind of the pace we're going to move forward. You know, we want to, we just want to continue to encourage those other people out there who may be sitting on the fence on how to do it or, or or what, just giving them like giving them little pieces of advice, a little bit of our journey. And, you know, I I say to all of our followers at any given time, reach out, ask me a question. I'm always here. I try to respond to every comment, every message, everything we get. And sometimes it takes me a while to catch up, but we we want to be here. to help in that journey as well. So when you ask a question, we're here to, we're here to answer. Um, you got gear questions. If you've got strategy questions, whatever it might be, um, Ren started very young. So I, I had to kind of develop my, my own strategies with her from a very, very young age. Um, but they're not, they're not, um, not applicable to older ages as well. Like I feel like the things that I've had to learn in the, in the difficulties we've gone through in, in this process are, are very applicable to, kids that are even a little bit older and how to get them started into understanding, you know, simple things like do things on their time, not your own, you know, like mm-hmm. where if they're done, they're done, go home. If you force right. a kid to to sit on the water with you or to sit in the field, freezing their butt off on a tree stand, um, yeah. they're, they're not going to like it anymore. So, yeah. you know, be cognitive of, there's a lot of days where <laughs> I took, drove a long ways to hit a specific river with Ren and got her there and got her dressed and she's losing her mind. Then we just don't even wet a line. We turn around and go home, you know, it's, but I, I knew in my heart that if I did those things in the long run, it was the right thing. And she was gonna, she, you have, you have to show that you're willing to um, support them and their process too, because it, it is all about them. And you have to let your, your ideas of what you want to happen go because they're, they are on their timeline And they're also, they're just different than us as adults. You have to find things that intrigue them. Um, for Ren, for instance, one big thing with her when we first started fly fishing together is she geeks about bugs. I'm not a bug guy. Like if it's close in size, color, I know my (laughs) basic (laughs) bugs We're good to go, but she's, she's forced me to learn so much about bugs because the questions never end. Like, Oh, dad, what's this? What's this one? What's this one? I'm like, "Oh my goodness, give me a minute. I got to go home and research like." And she's she's kind of turned me into a bug nut. I love flipping rocks with her and and there's some days that especially if we're on certain waters where, you know, there's a lot of abundant bug life. We just sit there for hours flipping rocks and talking and she'll carry a stone fly around for half a day in a, in a, in a bottle with some water before we let it go. We're, we're getting better about letting them go. <laughs> there were some times when that wasn't the case, but um, you know, it's it's oh. finding those little things that your kid's going to enjoy both the outdoors and, and whether it's, you know, they want to go look for sheds, if they, you know, whatever it might be, just, just try to, um, you can only kind of corral them a little bit and then, and, you know, really encourage them to, to dive in and find something that they find a little bit, curious or passionate about and then just you know facilitate that for them in any way shape or form you can and before you know it they're the ones asking to go they're not you know you know they're not being loaded up without really wanting to and that's when you know you win right so
0: yeah well you said you want to be uh i wrote this down as you said it a little bit of light in their world referring to maybe people who could use a little bit of light you're doing a great job of it tim yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, I, I said this on the last podcast and I, I'm going to say it again because you, you, you seem to take it seriously that you can, it doesn't take much for you to make someone else's day just a little bit better. And, mm-hmm. uh, my mom's been going through cancer treatments for the last three months and I've been gone mm-hmm. most of that time with her. And, I'm sitting on the on her couch back in Minnesota, and she said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going through all these YouTube comments, and it was a moose hunt, and on that moose hunt was when I found out she was gonna need these really aggressive treatments. Mm. And I said, look, these are all just people, you know, thinking about you. And she read them, mm. and it was so overwhelming for her, and <laughs> made her day. Like you can't, I, there, there's no words I'm ever going to come up with that can explain how that little bit of somebody just saying something, Hey, Randy, you know, tell your mom we're thinking of her or whatever. Yeah. My point of that and what I think you just that made so, so clear is that we don't have to work that hard or go that far out of our way. To maybe put a smile on someone's face. Maybe give them the opportunity to think about, you know, today is going to be a pretty good day, yeah. rather than, you know, the the tendency and the and the <laughs> kind of seems the the way the current of our society is going at this point. Uh, so I, I appreciate that that you you said it that way because putting a little light in the world is doesn't take that much.
1: And no, I think sometimes away. we think it has to, and it just doesn't. It can be the simplest of gestures, the simplest of comments. I mean, you have no idea what each and every one around you is going through in their day. It yep. takes, it takes nothing. It takes a $2 coffee to change someone's life. You don't know, you know, it yep. just, it's just something so simple can make a big difference. And yeah, yeah. well, I'm sorry to hear about your mom. That's, <laughs> know, that's tough. But.
0: Yeah. But she's, she's making me feel like quite the, quite the, wimp
2: she just pushes <laughs> through
0: man she's just like ah like she goes starts chemo again tomorrow i talked to her today they they let her off for a while to get her white blood cell count up there i'm like yeah well you're ready for another nine chemo infusions oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah, no that, problem. i'll be i'll be fine and so <laughs> uh-huh. it's like all right randy and you're going to complain that you had to shovel snow twice in the
1: last three days <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it brings a lot of perspective to life right? <laughs> uh,
0: it, it uh, certainly does that <clears throat> but uh i got an- uh, another question for you and this has to do <laughs> with some assumptions about how we grew up or how our kids are growing up when matthew was a kid I would take as many kids as we could fit in our vehicles uh, for a weekend camping trip on his birthday. Yeah, I would bring awesome. the boat over, they'd crappie fish, and I'd let every one of those kids drive our boat. And the number of kids who wanted to go, not because it was fishing, but because it was camping. Mm. I, th- I thought Bozeman, Montana, every kid's been camping. Yeah. <laughs> no. You'd I was think. I was dumbfounded how many of the kids in a place like you know you'd think Montana the outdoor world hadn't been camping and yeah. uh so. It got to, to me of like, wow, we got to keep doing this. So, so we did it for, I don't know how many years, quite a few. Uh, and those kids would be like, Mr. Newberg, do I get to go this year? I'm like, I don't know. First of all, do you have good grades? And uh, are your parents going to let you go? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but it was all because we were camping. Not, uh, not because we were going on some big epic journey. Not because they were going to catch a, you know, a 12-pound fish or something. Yeah, that's how simple it can be to get kids to enjoy the outdoors, and and a lot of them want to go and do it. Yeah, but they just they just don't get the chance.
1: No, I think generally kids are drawn to it. I mean, you think of how even as a kid, like who didn't want to go dig a worm out of the the lawn after a rainy day? <laughs> like things like that were just so. And I, and I think that's something Wren's taught me a lot. You know, because I think as adults we become numb to the things that are around us all the time. You know, we walk through the bush a thousand times. We don't think about it, but then she walks through the bush and she picks up an old crush, wasps nest and asks me a thousand questions about the, the development of bees and what they do. And it's like, Oh yeah, like that's pretty cool. But you know, we, our minds are just so sometimes beyond that. I think kids are, are naturally drawn to things in the outdoors. And I, and I wish, and I, I guess maybe if I could even re-answer your last question a little bit, if I could, if, where does this go from here? Um, I would love to figure out how to really set up some, whether it's a foundation, whether it's a group, whether it's something to just help in a bigger way, really enforce and help kids get out in, into the outdoors, whether it's camp and fish and just, you know, simple things. Like I think that's where I would love my passion would go. Um, and and hopefully with Ren as a spearhead in that to be, you know, showing her peers how, how and why um, those things are important. Um, but i think that you're so right like what a cool thing for you to do for for your for your kid and for his friends because i mean who doesn't want to go camping like the the thought of sitting around a fire (laughs) sleeping in a tent it's but unfortunately our kids are so attached to screens and and the things they see aren't reality anymore so reality doesn't even seem real Um,
0: yeah and i think we also are maybe overly protective i'm not saying go you know have your kids go play out in the street or something no uh, there were there were a couple of those kids who wanted to go but the parents uh, you could tell they're like oh camping fires fishing yeah, it was almost like well this this kid he could get hurt yeah and i think so often we're so worried about our kids getting hurt that we deprive them of the opportunity to have unique, enjoyable experiences that they learn from.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You nailed I, it there, I, man. Like, they gotta I, learn from that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I watch you letting Wren stand in the river and cast. I know so many parents who would not let their kids stand in a river and cast. Well, what if they fell down? They could drown. They could get swept away. A, a muskie could come and bite them. A, a bear <laughs> will take them away. It's like, uh, oh no. <laughs> I
1: know. It's, right. And there, I, I, There's a lot of people who have in our journey given us that flack too. And just be like, I'm like, guys, if you never, it's, if I truly felt there was risk and true risk in anything, I wouldn't do it. But yeah. If, if you think she hasn't fallen in the river, well, she hasn't done it a lot because you learn from it. You don't do the same thing twice, you know. Like, you know, she, one day she came back to me holding the wasp in her hand. It's like, well, well if, if just because she likes bugs, she picked it up, she didn't think twice about it. Well, if she gets stung, guess what? She's not going to do again. Great. She's not going to carry that wasp back. Like those are the things that we, <laughs> we were, I agree with you, we're kind of robbing our kids of those learning experiences. And I, I agree, there are some things that are, are unacceptable risks. But yeah. I, I just have, I don't feel like I've been around them. I mean, but people in our world truly believe that even if you have your kid around a firearm, it's completely unsafe. Yeah. And it's like, are you guys crazy? Like what a what a you know, a, a skill to teach and to to have the opportunity to show your kids from a very young age gun safety and to understand where your barrel's pointed all the time and allow them to pull the trigger and, and understand like those are real things. And this is a real weapon. And I would way rather her experience that at five than wait till she's 15 and not have any respect for it. Yeah. And that's, it's not dangerous. It's just, it's dangerous if you don't show them properly, but.
0: Yeah. You know. I, I just, I just see it too often. And I'll admit there were times I found myself saying, Ah, oh, I don't think you should do that. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, am I saying that because I'm just being the lazy parent who wants I don't want to be disrupted by maybe having to, you know, patch up a little bit of scopped up elbow or go to the dentist to get a tooth replaced or, you know, whatever (laughs) whatever the worst case might be. And it's, I, I caught myself doing it at times, but I think collectively as a society, we are just so afraid of anything that could be a danger or a risk for our kids. They end up not being able to assess risk that well they don't they're deprived of these positive experiences these learning experiences and uh they aren't going to have as much fun
1: no that's the other part of it kids are supposed to play kids are supposed to experience those things and uh, it'd be such a detriment to rob them of the opportunity to at least try it maybe they don't like it but give them give them a chance like yes i mean if
0: if you ask a kid are you going to learn more about Catching a bluegill off the end of grandpa's dock and grandma cooking it up for you like happened with me as a kid. Or playing a video game that day, another game of Pac-Man. Yeah. Oh, it's, I, I can tell you every, just about every fish I caught off the end of the dock. And that grandma, <laughs> she knew how to make bluegills taste really good. Yeah. I, I love bluegills to this day. In fact, <laughs> if you're a bluegill and I accidentally catch you, that's a bad deal. <laughs> that's a bad Absolutely. day for the bluegill. <laughs> yeah.
1: you're, not, you're not going back in that water. That <laughs> no.
0: So no, I mean, I, 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 it, it's just, yeah, there was some risk. Okay, what if I fell off the dock? Well, you know what? My parents taught me how to swim by the time I was about four or five, so I was probably going to still be able to get out of there. Okay, you know, well, you could get hit by lightning. You could do it. You could catch. You could get (laughs) hooked. You know what? If I hook myself, I'm probably going to smarten up and not do that. And as a kid, I probably hooked myself multiple times. And
1: yeah. uh, We all do. (laughs) I got a little bit more careful about what I was doing. Uh, Oh no, it's it's so true. It's it's so great for them to. I I like to watch her fail. I I like that because it's only through failure and 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 those learning experiences that we grow. And I mean, I think if we could admit that, even as adults, we truly learn when Mm -hmm. we've done something we shouldn't, and we don't do it again. And I mean, hopefully, it doesn't take any big things. To to cause you know learning, but I mean we do our best to mitigate risk, and then after that, you just let kids be kids. You know they're only going to touch that stove once. Like it's true, it's it's crazy, but it's just the truth. Like it's just that's how we learn. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I think the other part about hunting and fishing, it it's given me life experiences and and life skills that have been so helpful in my business life where. I learned how to deal with failure. I I go out hunting nine out of 10 times. I might not get anything. I go out and I can't, I don't get to control every little variable. Like maybe I would love to as a control freak that wants to have success. Boy, I wish I I could control the wind and the animals and the other hunter and the weather and everything (laughs) else. You learn life skills when you're in the outdoors that are yeah. so useful and so valuable for your education, for your career, for dealing with people and, and dealing with difficult times. I, I look back to just about every, well, if you want to call it, coping mechanism I have as an adult. Most of them probably came from the failures of hunting and fishing.
1: Yeah, and totally. <laughs>
0: failure is such a great teacher. Why would we want to deprive our kids of the opportunity to fail? No, you don't. You just don't. One of the safest places for them to learn to fail and figure it out on their own and deal with all these variables, all the uncontrollable items, is hunting and fishing.
1: Mm -hmm. It really is. I agree.
0: as, As an adult. I still get a lot of benefit from failing, and much as I fail, it's a good thing. You you'd think I'd thing. be a I <laughs> you'd fail a lot. An expert. Yeah, you, uh, you think I'd be really successful as much as I fail and failing
1: with a great teacher. But oh, man. Uh, no, that's and that's something I I've even appreciated about the content that you put out, and and I and I know that's one of the reasons Ren has been so obsessive about it too. Is it's you've always portrayed a story right you show you show what actually happens you show that there is failure I mean yeah. it's not about kill 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 um, I think that the industry of that you're in um, and showing hunting and and whatnot these days it is changing a lot I think people do want to know how things really go it's you're not know, you know you don't you don't go out there and kill something every day it is a it's a journey of you know, experience, learning from what you're doing and a lot of failure. And then, you know, eventually, hopefully you you do reach the the precipice of what you came there for, but not necessarily does that always happen. And that's reality. And that's especially for, for most hunters, that is very much the reality. (laughs) There's a lot of seasons you put in how many days in a white cell stand or or stalking meal deer three times a day. And you still, at the end of the season, don't come out with one. It's it's that is as real as it, as it really gets. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we
0: try to tell the story as it happens. Uh, you know, some it's, this is again, back to the whole social media thing. I I consider YouTube a social media platform because it, Mm -hmm. it uses algorithms to decide what to feed people. Uh, and it's shareable and everything but uh i a good way to get banned uh, because in youtube you can say hide user from channel Mm -hmm. is if you say oh you hunted for a week and didn't kill one i'd like my money back or i wish i had that 45 minutes back in my life yeah see you later which is so crazy. <laughs> like, you know, I'm gonna save you the frustration of not getting frustrated the next time we show <laughs> a haunt where we didn't fill a tag. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the rest of my audience uh, the, the, just the. The feeling of where'd this jerk come from? Yeah, so, you exactly. know, by, by me saying hide from channel, it helps everybody. And yeah. uh, I I I'm surprised how many people feel compelled that they have to say something like that. It's like,
1: huh? I know, really? it does nothing positive for anybody. So why say <laughs> it?
0: <laughs> uh, one, one of my friends says. Too many people get up in the morning with the motto of, I'm not happy till you're not happy.
1: Oh, and, isn't uh, that the truth? <laughs> 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 it's such I'm a not, terrible way to look at the world, but it's just, it's so uh, true. People it just always do. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you this story though, Ryan. This is, this cracked me uh-huh. up pretty good this year. So my one, my one big goal this year was to kill a Amelia Doe with my bow with Ren. Um, last uh-huh. year was a terrible, a terrible success rate on that. And this year I figured maybe we could be a little quieter together and it would be possible. And we had some really close chances this year, you know, inside 20 yards of, of a deer and her whisper voice turned into something else. And and that was (laughs) the the end of it. But she was, she was learning. She was getting a lot better. And, but we had, we had stocked this one doe this one day and we we had got pretty close. Um, And I guess she could say she would probably blame me for the, for the missed attempt of the wind swirling and it caught our scent. And I was trying to explain that to her and it was what it was. It got dark. So we were walking back out to the truck and, She's just, uh, she's walking to hold my hand. She looks at me and she just says, dad, I bet Randy would have got that one. <laughs> and I would just like, I was, I was literally like, I couldn't stop laughing, but I'm like, if you knew how much of a jab you just sent my way, she doesn't even, this doesn't even, I bet Randy would have got that one. that kid just, oh, just tearing me up. <laughs> man, like, I, I, Are you kidding I'm, me?
0: <laughs> oh, I, I wish you would have called me. I would have said, Ren, I wouldn't even have got close to
1: that one.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, man. I that is so funny. Oh, it was good. I had a really good laugh. Uh, I was like, all right, Mom and Dad, no more YouTube for Ren. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, well, Tim, I just hope you keep doing what you're doing. I, uh, uh, somehow, I hope that people will find your Instagram channel, Tim and Ren and they will go out there and be get the same benefit i get out of it that uh, i i'm not exaggerating tim when i tell you two to three times a month even though those videos of her have been up there those that one day you have those two different videos they've been up for what two two years now two three years now yeah at least Two to three times a month, my wife and I, whether we're driving down the road or sitting at the house, one of us will pull that up on Instagram <laughs> and we will have a belly laugh. And we, it's like the old Frito-Lays commercial, bet you can't eat just one. We don't just <laughs> totally. watch it one time. We <laughs> yeah, watch enough. it four or five times and then we just laugh. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is so great. So that makes so me happy to hear <laughs> I, I hope more people will do that and i i sure hope that you'll keep doing what you do uh, as long as it makes sense
1: for you and your family uh, yeah, a lot we, of people benefit from it and uh, yeah, we will for sure no, no plans I, are going anywhere and we had uh, I'm, I'm like and from our perspective we're super thankful for you know people like yourself who have always been such a such a support and, and encouragement in our process and even through the discouraging days and whatnot and the, and the extra work, you know, the comments that you guys leave us and, um, you know, the kind words, like you've said just now, that, that is really what drives us and it, and it so perfectly fits into the why we are doing what we're doing that. Um, yeah, it just, it makes it, it makes it feel like it's all worth it and comes full circle and, and, uh, yeah, it's just great motivator for sure
0: well the other thing i should do is tell people if they want to have a now that the border is open and they want to have a great float they should call what are you what the
1: outfit you work for is so like we boat? i work for it's called fly fishing border outfitters
0: so fly fishing
1: in, so bow Bo- river, river, Bo yeah. river b-o-w yeah b-o-w yeah that's correct so if they look us up there you'll uh you'll see our crew and you, you can, uh, you can book a trip. Yeah. As far as we know, we do have a lot of trips booking on this next year from Americans because it, it at least appears that we should be able to still be getting across the border. And, um, yeah, especially for you guys in Montana, we're not far. So come, yeah. uh, come check us out.
0: Yeah, well, <clears throat> I don't want people to show up in droves and they quote-unquote love the place to death like we're seeing here in Montana. <laughs> uh, oh, that's but, the bittersweet portion of it, hey? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But there's also a funny video out on, on the website of the Bow River Fly Fishing Group where they must have had all of you ask, answer a whole bunch of questions. Oh yeah. Uh, Like (laughs) what kind of pizza, if you were making a pizza, what would it be? Yeah. Uh, I'm like, you know, everybody should almost have to have that video or a video like this on their, (laughs) on on whatever it is, uh, you know, an about me video on your Facebook or Instagram. Then we'd quickly know right away where's this person coming from yeah exactly uh, (laughs) it
1: gives you feels like you know him already (laughs) yeah if you like pineapple on your pizza don't come on my boat (laughs) just don't do it
0: (laughs) that's for you and i wouldn't want to order the same pizza my wife hates pineapple on pizza and i'd love it
1: really oh man
0: yeah well i'll I'll pray for you
1: <laughs> oh well,
0: you, you got a big job ahead of you, Tim. If you're gonna pray enough to get me I'm straightened out. But, oh man. Oh uh, well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time today. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, give oh, give Ren and Trish my best, and uh, I hope that next time I drive through Red Deer, Alberta, like I did two years ago, I'm. I'm not going to be bashful I'm I'm not going to be bashful I'm going to say hey can I buy somebody a donut at Tim Hortons
1: (laughs) well don't be a stranger and we'll we'll do the same if we get down there before too long which I'm hoping this summer we actually can we'll we'll come Um, by and say hello
0: if you do I'm, I'm going to make sure there are some
1: llamas around. All right, because that would, that would definitely make her day.
0: Love <laughs> 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 we, some we, silly llamas. <laughs> we, we could definitely make that work. So. <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much, Tim. Everybody go go find uh, Tim and Ren on Instagram if you want to see how social media can make a positive influence in, in all of our lives. And uh, if you want a good smile. And uh, thanks for being here.
1: No, oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
2: When the sun...